She's a former public school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. He's a talk show host who's made a career covering politics from afar. Now, Christine Stegall and her husband Chris have chosen a new path forward for their child in Christian education. Join them as they explore and experience this important alternative in education for the first time. Welcome to Making the Leap. 50 shell-shocked teachers and staff flee a chaotic Florida school district. Violent, disrespectful classroom behavior has led to a staggering 50 teachers and bus drivers to quit just one Florida school district in the last two years. Brevard Gosh. County School District in Florida. It's the state's 10th largest. Wow. Well, here we are winding up or wrapping up, I guess, our first full year of podcasting together. I love it. 2022 is almost over. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for downloading this recent edition of (laughs) Making the Leap. This is a um, sort of an, we were kicking around how we wanted to end this year. So this, our Christmas episode, (laughs) next week, our New Year's episode to kick off 2023. And we thought, let's take a look back. Maybe those of you who are just finding this for the first time, you don't even know what the other episodes are. And so hopefully we'll be able to give you a little bit of direction and some like, oh, I want to go back and listen to this one, or I want to think about this. And they really, I I have to say, I mean, you know, hosts aside, and we've been very talented. (laughs) uh, We have had some blockbuster guests. We've had some amazing, amazing people. When did we start this show again? I went back and looked, I think, I think it was May. May I think of 2022. It was May, the very end of May, because we were talking about starting it before school ended, heading into the summer. Um, and so we have started pulling some episodes, but we have like 34, so like 34 weeks of wow. talking. It's a, That's a lot. And I mean, not for you, it's a lot, but for me, it's just kind of Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot to learn. And, mm-hmm. and we've kind of run the gamut. We've talked with people who've started schools. We've talked to people who have uh, run schools, who create curriculum, parents who are trying to figure out school. Homeschool, homeschool, pod. Classical Christian education. Lots. Uh, <laughs> just commentators and critics mm-hmm. and people who've written about education and work in the education field. So uh, I, I hope that this has been as informative for you as it's been for us, because we've learned a lot here. And I, that's kind of why when I, you know, as you and I were talking about which episodes to go back and just touch on briefly, uh, what I kept coming back to was what impacted me the most, yep. either to reassure me, <laughs> to convict me, to encourage me or or to kind of make me step back and think oh that did that wrong or you know how are we going to improve going forward because as we've talked about we have two that are on their way out of high school but we have one that still has five years ahead of her so we definitely want to make sure that we're doing what's best for her um but then give parents that are listening or grandparents, because there's been a lot of um, grandparent involvement yes. in this, um, just some different things to just hopefully maybe not repeat some of the same mistakes that we have made a little yeah, bit. We'd love to hear um, your thoughts on these shows. If there's a particular show, you know, in this show today, if you want to mm-hmm. leave a comment and let us know what your favorite show was yeah. of this year, we'd love to hear. Or what particular guest or comment or thoughts, uh, you know, I've heard a lot about just the last few shows. Parents oh that have my been gosh! Pods, yes, uh, pod, pod schooling, schooling uh, making the different uh, financial decisions. That was yeah. a big one. I think having both those. Um, let's see, we've talked with Amber most recently, and then before that was Jenny, and before that was Joelle. And Jenny and Joelle specifically had 
cancer happening either prior to everything happening or during things happening as they were switching up schools and talking about the financial impact and the emotional impact and what that was. And it seemed to be, seemed to resonate quite well. I heard a lot about uh, Joel and Jenny in the last couple of episodes. So we're going to start today by uh, going back in the vault and highlighting (laughs) some of the things that we really enjoyed in this first year. So we start with Jean Auksher. Talk about her. And this was an episode from July. So this was July 15th that it aired. And Jean was a woman that we came in contact with one of our very first guests that we had on Making the Leap. Um, She was one where I wanted to just keep talking and keep talking with her because I felt like she had so much to just pour into what we were doing and we were at the beginning of starting out with everything. And so she She taught us what classical Christian education was by definition. Yes. I didn't really know what it meant. Yes. So that is the clip that I wanted to pull because it was uh, maybe a little... Uh, use some higher order thinking for some people, but I wanted to pull that a little bit. And then she ended with a statement that was just profound to me. Ultimately, it's about who the student will become as opposed to what they will become, which is kind of what uh, the progressives brought in in the 1850s. And that is a statement that when you and I first spoke a few weeks ago about that, the who you are versus what you will be, that was such mm-hmm. a <laughs> a mind-blowing, mm-hmm. I mean, I sat with that <laughs> for quite some time, yeah. just the yeah. idea, thinking about how, you know, just because I think as parents in general, we should always be reflecting on, you know, what we're doing, how we're speaking to our kids, what we're saying, what messages we're conveying. And I, you know, I really thought hard about that idea of what are you going to be when you grow up versus who do you want to be? Who do you want to, you know, project to the rest of the world? And that was... And and I don't want to put you at odds, Jean, with um, Christian education that's maybe not considered in the vein of what you just described, classical, but I I am interested in the difference. I'm not saying one is better or worse or or Mm -hmm. meaning to uh, in any way make it contentious. So that idea of asking teachers and asking parents to tell kids to think about who they will become versus what they will become, that has stuck with me for seven straight months. And it is something that as I, well, as we have one that's about to graduate, you know, and and thinking. Who doesn't know what he wants to do. Right. And who really. And feels bad about it, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I were to be completely candid with you, a senior in high school who has, um, you know, he's a smart kid, but he doesn't really know. And I thought, why in the world do we beat kids up for not knowing what they want to do? So that was probably one of the very first lessons that I um, took internally and really yep. thought about because then I thought, okay, well, we've kind of maybe didn't quite do it perfectly with this first one. So our second one, great, you still have a year. And so now changing that language up with them um, and really thinking about we are given so many traits and abilities and skills, God-given, how do we encourage those to how do we foster those with our own kids? How do we foster them with their friends? How do we encourage teachers come alongside our kids as they're teaching? And so that was one that was a big one to our, me. Our next highlight in uh, the year of 2022 comes from Corey DeAngelis. Now, Corey is a firecracker. Uh, <laughs> Corey is um, part of the American Federation for Children. You see him a lot on Fox News now. He's very active on social media. Uh, Corey is a warrior when it comes to school choice, and he was one of the most enthusiastic, as we have been here, on what Arizona has done. And some schools, you know, we here in Missouri, for instance, are flirting with something like it with the most scholars program. It's not quite Arizona yet, but more and more states are starting to gravitate toward the idea of letting parents take those tax dollars and put them where they want them to go. 
And Corey is one of the biggest advocates of that. Let's take a listen. Over-politicized education is the number one problem with public schools today. And they were more likely to say that Democrats were the problem by five points than Republicans, the complete opposite of what Randy Weingarten has been claiming. So she just uh, uh, committed a, an epic self-own uh, with the American Federation of Teachers Commission poll of likely voters in battleground states. But in Arizona, uh, we're, so first, we've just seen massive victories on the school choice front. The, the wind is at our backs. In 2021, we had 19 states expand or enact programs to fund students as opposed to systems so we've been following that the year of school choice, but the winds just keep on coming. In 2022, just uh, earlier this uh, earlier this month, actually in July, Governor Doug Ducey signed into law the most expansive education savings account program in the nation to fund all students directly, allow all families, regardless of income, to be able to take their children's education dollars to the education providers of their choosing. That could be your public school, could be a private school, a charter school or a home-based education option. It happens to be around $7,000 per student. The money follows the child. And this win in Arizona is the biggest school choice victory in US history. It cements Arizona clearly as the number one state for educational freedom. And hopefully more states will follow. I've already seen uh, several lawmakers in other states suggesting that they wanna do the same thing. I just met with Governor Abbott in Texas yesterday and he has voiced his most forceful support of school choice that I've ever seen. Good. And he has even said earlier this year that this will be the strongest push for school choice in Texas history this coming legislative session. So it's all good news nationwide. That's so great because the timing couldn't be better. I, I just I watch what's happening in different states. I watch what's happening in school districts that I follow locally um, here and in a couple of other states and I just think, I think teachers are scared. <laughs> I think they don't know, you know, I think they kind of know what's coming, but they're not ready for what's coming. And I, I cannot wait to watch it. So I, this was another one where I, this was where I was kind of like, I have a lot to learn. I have a lot yeah. to learn because even just getting the language of what's an educational savings account, what is that about when somebody says ESA or when somebody references Arizona and, but I also know things are starting to happen in Maine and, you know, those kinds of topics. This was an eye opener because there is a whole nother level of education that needs to happen. And I think you and I have talked a lot about diving into this more mm -hmm. as the year goes on. We were recently at a Herzog function where there was a gentleman who was talking about how much more needs to happen in Missouri. Yep. And yet we're still so glad to give accolades and we should to the legislators that are working hard to make all these different educational options accessible. Yeah, and we learned through talking about this that there are a lot of people who homeschool who still feel like they don't mm -hmm. quite trust it. I mean, this is right. something that people wonder, well, will the state have control? And so, mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've sorted that out and talked that out in future episodes, too, that I hope you'll go through and uh, listen. But uh, moving on into, uh, by the way, that episode with Corey was oh, yeah. from August 5th. Yes. Of this year. Then we roll on into uh, September of this year where we talked to Josh Mulville. And he was a good, he was one that I was personally looking forward to a lot. Um, so Josh Mulvihill was one that um, has written several books, but he has provided a resource that I have referenced a few times on here, Biblical Worldview. It was a book that he had written. And when I was in Florida learning about kingdom education, the company that produces his books was there. I was talking with them, came up with the second book, and I really thought when we had him on, I just wanted to get that parenting perspective of 
how how do we reach and how do we talk to parents who just maybe aren't totally there? He homeschools. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about the idea of homeschooling used to have been a kind of that fringe yep. um, idea. And now really what's that concept of being a zealot, what is that all about? Really now it's the people that are trying to take over these schools. So this was an interesting conversation that we had with him. From an episode dated September 30th, if you want to go back and listen to the full one, I'd encourage you to do it. This is Josh Mulvihill. The zealots are the individuals that are trying to teach that God doesn't exist or is completely irrelevant to life. Like that's not the real world. And in the real world, God does exist, and he's sovereign over all, and he should be Lord over every single facet of life. So, you know, I, I hear that and think, you know, the, the individuals that you, you think you're trying to make you feel like you're crazy for not going along with the flow, well, where has that gotten families that have gone down that path? Have, have you know, I, all it takes is let's look at families who have made the choice to send their kids to public schools, these Christian families versus uh, Christian schools versus homeschooling. And where does that, you know, what's the, what are we getting for results? That was actually what led me to homeschool. Okay. Me, me and my wife to homeschool our kids. I've been a pastor for about 20 years. And as a young pastor working with children and youth, I just were, I was watching families to see the decisions that they made and what what are the outcomes spiritually for their kids? <laughs> and you listen, know, I, I would just say, Dr. Mulvihill, that it is incredibly important to point out, and we've hammered this on this show in in uh, previous shows, that uh, it, it is not enough to say, my kid has left public school, I've now put them in a private school or a Christian school or a kingdom education-focused school. The books, again, by the way, he has several, right? And the website, too. So the one that we talked about when we had him on was 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home. And that was, it's a really good, actually, it's a good gift idea for maybe new parents. But it really breaks things down by section, talking about, for example, um, you know, do you know how to fix a car? Do you know how to plant a garden? But then it also brings in the kingdom education piece, because obviously you're talking about gardening, you're talking about our earth, you're talking about our world. And those are things that as you start now, you've got these short 18 years, although they sometimes feel long, you've really got this short amount of time to do what you can. And he also writes for grandparents, which I really like a lot too. So he definitely, if you go on Amazon, if you go on to, um, if you just search him up, um, he's got a lot of great, great content out there for people. Now we get to a conversation that we just had, actually not too terribly long ago, but it definitely makes um, our best of 2022 list <laughs> uh, as we're kind of compiling who our favorite conversations were with. Joelle was one of them. You mentioned her off the top of the show, and mm-hmm. we got a lot of comments on her. We did, and I think because she she's literally the epitome of a regular person. She was just a regular person in her house <laughs> who said, I can't, I can't, I'm not doing this anymore. And she was battling. Also a teacher, a public also teacher. Also used to be a teacher, yep. coming off of a cancer diagnosis, sitting through COVID. And she has five kids. And they each had very, very distinct, different needs that were not being met. And she saw a huge decline happening in the district that she was in. And so she took some pretty radical steps to 
go ahead and move um, away from the public education system into creating what was a homeschool pod in effect. And so now she has 12 um, kids, some of her own, some that are not her own. And she has been um, working with some tutoring options and she has a co-teacher with her and they have a whole system set up. And so she was a great um she she just like you said she really generated some really great response so this is from december 2nd and you're going to listen to a quick um, comment from her we have not touched on this and i definitely didn't want to make it a key focus but when i hear parents say like they, they want to lay out all the can't do it because a b c d e f i also know that you had <laughs> a significant health issue going on you were diagnosed with cancer just as this homeschool piece was kicking into play. And if my dates are correct on this, I was going back through and trying to make sure that I had my dates right. But you were dealing with that as you were realizing and thinking, how am I going to do this education thing with kids? So I- Can- s- Cancer would be enough to say, I think maybe we'll just shelve the plan, wouldn't yes. it be? <laughs> that was my husband's thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is realistic because how do you do that? Right. And boy, if that's not Satan, isn't it? If that's not Satan knocking at the door, right? Uh, you tell me. I'm, I mean, 100%. Yep. Wow. Had, he was right there wanting to bring any part of this to a crumble that he could. And the bottom line is, um, you know, God gives us our kids for a reason and for a purpose. And our families are our mission fields. And I will never ever take for granted what I have under my roof and I feel like um I was you know when you get cancer you get new eyes I tell people Mm -hmm. you you have new eyes when you're a believer and you have new eyes when you fight you know you face death right face to face and um two of my girls were lost their birth mom to cancer so there was no way I was going to let this happen if if I had anything you know I could do about it and that one thing I could do was pray and I've never prayed so hard in my life than I did during um it it was in the midst of COVID school shutdowns and then my cancer and I just Mm -hmm. I was literally on my knees for just so many moments and I spent my time in a chemo chair just praying because at the time with COVID you couldn't bring people in with me so it's just you know my faith grew stronger and you know, God, God puts things on your heart. And when I was told I was cancer free, I was like, okay, well now, now there's a fire under my rear end. Let's do this. So I have to say that families are our mission fields brought tears to my eyes when she was talking that day, because that is what this is about. And she's not only believing it, but she's taking it to the next level. That was the show I believe where she said that your gut is, you know, listen to your gut because mm -hmm. that's God speaking. Absolutely. Um, it, she also was doing all of this while battling cancer. She was finishing up. Yeah, she had just finished all her, um, like all her chemo rounds and everything. And then she went ahead and she was like, well, now I've been given this chance and this opportunity. So it was kind of like that cancer sort of kicked into gear what was happening. And she was like, nothing is going to stop me from doing what's important. Might have been one of our most emotional episodes, I think. It was a hard, it was a hard one to not get choked up and to know that God really does have this crazy purpose for each of us. And she her she even said, like, move over. <laughs> Here I am. I'm coming through. Yeah, she's I awesome. Loved it. Um, next is uh, a guy that most of you know if you're uh, cable news watchers 
the dreamy Pete Hegseth. <laughs> um, he has a really fantastic best-selling book uh, called Battle for the American Mind. It just was released this year. Pete came on the show, and we talked with him about some really interesting concepts, stuff that I certainly didn't know. Um, and, and, you know, I won't lie. I mean, he was probably the most pessimistic about the future of public education of anybody we've talked to. He was, but he was also, when we talked to him, he was very clear that this coming, this year now that we are in the middle of, was going to be when he finally had all, I believe he said, seven of his kids out of public school. He had, in both our jaws, kind of dropped on that one. Seven of them. Because, and he is not homeschooling them. He's moving them into a private school. So, again, not cheap. Um, it There are ways around it. Obviously, his circumstances are sometimes different from other families. But I, I was like, seven, seven. That is a lot. Wasn't he the first one in that book, when he was talking about his book, didn't uh, the subject of Horace Mann come up and just sort of the whole... I think he was the first one. ...concept of public school and... He really kind of drills down into what the basis of creating this yes. uniformed one right. state school thing was all about. And, and that you can't fix it. Like, there's no yeah. going back. And I'd so never thought about out. it. This mm -hmm. was the first interview that I'd ever done where I really started to fundamentally question what we'd done. And, you know, in talking with my dad, you know, my dad, our kid's grandfather, he still, you know, is a 70-year-old guy, and I'm not mocking him or right. knocking him here, uh, but as a 70-year-old guy who came up, as we came up, he came up, and kids before him came up. We all went through public school, and he looks at me, and he's, he's like, well, why, why not? What's wrong with public school? And by the way, what's this homeschool thing? And how do you – it is so hard for people of a certain era, including me, uh, to get your mind wrapped around that this thing we've been living for decades and decades and decades is broken. It, mm -hmm. was, it was built – and COVID um, didn't break it. No, it like, was always that's what flawed. people Right, right. It COVID was, didn't do this. But man, what decades of conditioning can do to us to make right. us think that this is the only way and anything else is weird. Which I think is why it is so, at least like, like we have our two in public school, but maybe, maybe I hope we're planting some seeds and we've had conversations with them. Like, how did you do this with us as kids or how, you know, that kind of thing. I hope as we go forward down the road and if we have grandkids coming that we can do some things a little bit differently that we're encouraging them to do it because it is generation by generation that we kind of undo i'll what tell you what i'll done. never say i will never say to our kids if they come to us and say we're teaching our kid this way i will never mock it go why are you doing it that? I, whereas i think even three years ago if somebody had said to me i've decided to take my kids and put them in a non-traditional setting, I would look at them like they had a horn out of their head. <laughs> and today, I, I mean, I, it was such an arrogant point of view. But it's so great to hear from him. So let's listen into what he has to say. I'm battling real resentment because like you, uh, as a product of uh, public education as, and my parents, my mother and wife were both public educators, too. It, it, it breaks my heart. It makes me angry because it really, you know, yeah. my daughter is a seventh grader. She's willing, she's ready, she's doing it, she's enjoying it, but it's been a transition, and I kind of resent it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I resent that we have to oh do this. Oh, my goodness. You're exactly right. In fact, the biggest uh, feedback I've gotten on the book is from teachers saying, thank you, thank you. for First, thank you for writing this, and it's spot on. But second of all, uh, you know, how angry they are at the fact that this entire huge part of our society has been co-opted right underneath our noses. This is not an issue of our teachers good. Right. This is about the pipelines that are forcing teachers in a certain direction. And you can't, you can't live your values in the classroom unless you are part of the left-wing educational industrial complex. And as a result, 
you, here's the scary part. The whole idea that you could move to a zip code or a conservative community and that's, that'll be reflected in your local public school is gone. Yes. The, the pipeline of what feeds that school, the unions, the accreditation, the teachers' colleges, it all comes from the same places. So, yes, you may have a great conservative community, but the teachers in that school had to go through um, a certain program which molds them in a certain direction. Now most of the curriculum is mostly federalized at this point anyway. Uh, that they've com- entirely co-opted this treasure that was our public school system. So one thing that jumped out at me just again with him, because it, it is something that's near to my own heart, is the teachers that he ha- talked to while he was in the middle of writing this book and how they, we battle our own resentment, but teachers have their own resentment towards what is happening in the profession that they went into with, I would say 98% of them go in with this noble uh, premise that they're going to encourage kids they're going to spark this love of learning they're going to you know really just create this whole generation of lifelong learners and now they're being taken and being told by administration through the state through the federal government even this is what you have to teach this is what you can and by the way you can't talk to parents about this topic and you can't do this anymore that's that is a lot. And we've talked with teachers who have left the profession over this. You know, there's a story just this, you know, just this month, just a couple of weeks ago in the New York Post, 50 shell-shocked teachers and staff flee a chaotic Florida school district. Violent, disrespectful classroom behavior has led to a staggering 50 teachers and bus drivers to quit just one Florida school district in the last two years. Brevard Gosh. County School District in Florida. It's the state's 10th largest Wow. I mean, we've talked about this all year, teachers leaving, leaving, leaving. So That's massively impactful. Yeah, as much as we talk about students and parents mm-hmm. making the leap, teachers. a lot of teachers mm-hmm. who just, they can't do it anymore. No, and I will, I've had some my own personal conversations with them over the last several years, and it's heartbreaking, and I, I feel for it. And I'm, in some ways, again, I think, well, that's probably how God works then, because I got out before this, and it put me in a position to kind of watch and see what was happening and i'm i'm glad because if i were sitting here as a 20 year vested teacher it would be really hard to figure out my my plans you know what could i live with what could i not live with and so i my heart really goes out to them so he that was a good that was a good conversation also that was from june 26th so that was an episode that aired on that date if you want to go back and take a listen that's just some of uh, our highlights from 2022. Next episode, next week, as we enter into 2023, we'll review a few more shows that we liked in particular and uh, call your attention to them. We always think that you should go back and listen to every episode because we think they're all worth your time. <laughs> but a lot of these books that we've mentioned too, great little, if you need to run out to Barnes & Noble, grab a last minute gift. Some of these are yep. good ideas as we get ready for what this is really all about. And that is the birth of our Savior who Amen. has put us in this position and what a blessing it has been. So leave us a five-star review if you would please and a written review, Apple iTunes, Spotify. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your favorite episodes. Send us an email, social media. Yep, We're find there. us on, uh, you can do Instagram, you can do Facebook at Making the Leap Podcast. Podcast. You can contact us, email using hello at makingtheleappodcast.com. And we are also on Twitter at Making the Leap Podcast. Our Making the Leap year in review. That was part one. Part two next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And we will see you to kick off the new year next week. Making the Leap is a podcast presentation courtesy of the Herzog Foundation. Please rate and comment on the show as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time on Making the Leap.